Hello and welcome to this episode of the Venus and Vesta Evolutionary Astrology Podcast. Um, usually I have kind of been looking at various news items that have been going on in the world and really find it quite easy to relate it to the to the astrology that's happening at the time or the other way around more generally that I'm looking at the astrology and then I see something that relates to it in the news and think wow you cannot make this stuff up but uh, maybe I'm missing out on the news right now but I haven't seen anything that really grabs my attention to say well this is a result of what is going on with the planets especially the Venus retrograde so perhaps this is all going on within our hearts and not on the grander scale I don't know but there was one news item that I really liked was the fact that there's if you follow any of the Mars rover activity there's a picture of what look what looks like either tire tracks or um, some kind of sticking points coming out of the sand like they you know the headline is they're saying it could could be a crash landing of some kind of alien vehicle and I just love that. I love the idea that they kind of put these things out there that are quite extraordinary. And um, perhaps even so, there is the idea that our men have been on Mars all along and that humans have been on Mars for quite some time. So um, and, and there's, you know, planet of war, lots of wars going on for the territory of Mars, apparently, depending on what sources you're going to believe. But anyway, we're back to August. This is um, the episode where I talk about August stars and the first day of August, we have a full moon. Wow, great impact to August. This is the Aquarius full moon. And we're, we're all of us, we're right in the middle of this Venus retrograde, this heart opening Venus retrograde in Leo. So to have a full moon in Aquarius, Leo's opposite sign, it's kind of like, oh, you know, wake up, let, let's take us out of our navel gazing or rather heart gazing. And let's look at the community around us. Look, let's look beyond ourselves into the Aquarian age. So this is, I feel like this Aquarius full moon is acting like a, a checkpoint to, you know, hold up, let's look at this situation. Um, let's look at this emotional journey we're on in the context of what's happening around us or what society is deeming right or, you know, are these things that we're thinking or feeling appropriate in the context of community, society and how we might be relating to each other? I think this full moon is saying, you know, be mindful of the others. Be mindful how this might appear beyond your personal life. And um, really, this full moon is square to Jupiter, quite excitable Jupiter. Jupiter giving her quite a thrust and a lot of energy there um, in who is in um, Taurus right now. And Really, this is kind of giving us a really nice dose of reality. You know, Jupiter in Taurus is like steady, stable. Yeah, you know, quite a good force of support to what we might want to do. So it is lending quite a lot of energy and goodness towards this full moon. So it is a good idea to look beyond ourselves and use this energy for, um, you know, before we sink into too much of our personal stories. 
And I guess any full moon, you know, in the in a full moon appearing in the opposite sign of the season will be saying, hold on a minute, just take a little check here while you're processing all this stuff of the Leo or whatever sign it is in, because then we can take ourselves beyond that and just have a, you know, um, a point of focus beyond what is actually happening. So to take us out of the process for for a moment. And of course, a full moon is always the opposition of a moon and the sun. So therefore, there is this um, paradox always in the full moon, which makes it always more complicated or more dramatic than really the new moon is when the sun and the moon come together. And with the full moon, we always look at what the moon has been doing just before it becomes full. And in this case, the moon is at nine degrees Aquarius and he will just have recently passed Pluto in Capricorn. Now, when he passed Pluto in Capricorn, he Pluto had gone back to the 28 degrees because just recently he's been at 29 degrees on that crisis point. So that's taking a little bit off the pressure. So Pluto at 28 degrees Capricorn has just had a conjunction with the moon and then the moon becomes full. So the moon is kind of full of this kind of Pluto energy, this, this, this karmic darkness, the shadow, the power. So the the moon is quite um, ready to address some deeper and darker things that might be going on within the Aquarius idea. Now, of course, you know, as Pluto is in Capricorn, it's about the hardcore patriarchy. It's the big business. And, you know, it it is really it is feeling this dominance um, of of authority, shall we say. But since the moon changes sign just before it reaches its fullness, there is a kind of juxtaposition here. It kind of it's if it was in the same sign as Pluto, I think the fullness of the moon would be really taking those energies even more and it'd be more intense. There'd be extra drama and potency and um, it would add to the full moon. But since the moon sits with Pluto at 28 degrees Capricorn and then changes sign. It's almost like that the Aquarian ideal is going to go, no, I, I'm, I'm going to reject these ideas. This is, um, this is like a change of scene here. And the full moon is, is not going to take on the power of the Pluto in Capricorn. And in fact, it's going to downright reject it. It's like it's come with all this power, but the Aquarius full moon now in a different sign, you know, to Pluto is going to, uh uh-uh, you know, we're for the people now. And so there is a dramatic change in scene across this full moon from Capricorn to Aquarius. And I quite like the idea of that. And it will be, I think, very intense and a, and a kind of a karmic but wow moment. And we've got to remember that Pluto is, first of all, Pluto will be changing, will be in another sign to the full moon. So it's completely different vibes. And also remember that Aquarius is all about rebellion. So, you know, with a, if the moon comes along with this energy, it's like, no, it's going to rebel. It's going to have something extra to say. And um, yeah, it's ready to create chaos, really, with Aquarius. And then the full moon is a teeny weeny amount just beyond the conjunction to Pluto. 
So Pluto's at 28 degrees and the moon is at nine degrees. So there's just beyond um, a few, there's only a few cosmic minutes there that the moon or the full moon has gone full after it's met with Pluto. So not only has it changed sign, it's just stepped out of a 10 degree orb of a conjunction. So again, it's not with the Pluto. It's another reason why it's going to reject and, um, you know, move away from that Pluto Capricorn energy. It's just gone beyond it. And the planets do this kind of thing often, I think, but they don't, you know, if it was just inside and it was inside the same sign, we'd have a double layer of adding the power. But not only has it changed signs, it's also gone beyond just enough to not be a conjunction. And this is a teeny tiny amount is absolutely crucial. And the planets aren't making mistakes. So here is this Aquarius full moon being quite the renegade. And really also opposite Leo, inviting to Leo, inviting Leo to wake up to its responsibilities outside of their sovereign sphere, if you'd like to call it that. And on the same day as this Aquarian full moon, there's the very particular, the very critical, the super analytical expialidocious on point Mars is in Virgo. And they want, he wants facts. Mars is in Virgo and also then trine to Jupiter in Taurus, who, as we've just mentioned, is making the square to the full moon. So these two, you know, Jupiter in Taurus is wants truth, you know, steadiness, giving lending support and really expanding on those ideas to really be truthful and honest. Whereas Mars in Virgo is like, I'm going to cut through every layer of bullshit or, um, or faff and get to the, what the point is. These guys want the facts. These guys want the details. And, and of course, so does this Aquarian full moon. It's reveled in a bit of um, chaotic details of new information coming to light and new inquiries and um, a little bit of, um, so we say, unusual stuff going on that the Aquarian full moon might bring us. So let's be in for some, 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 something quite mad happening around this full moon. And, and I think, you know, that these are demanding the information and details. So there's a high chance some kind of crucial information will make its way to the surface and either personally or to do with the moon in the last connection with Capricorn, of course, the global capitalist, economic, commercial, governmental world. Is this taxes? Is this money? Is it medicine? It's definitely big business. And is it getting a slap on the wrists for not serving the Aquarian style hu um, humanity? Well, let's see. So on the 3rd of August, so we've only got done the 1st of August and we're already 10, 11 minutes in. But anyway, the on the 3rd of August, Mercury is entering the shadow zone in Virgo. Yes, we've got another retrograde happening, but this um, retrogrades back to eight degrees Virgo and Mercury is stepping over the threshold here. Now, Mercury will be opposite the moon when he does this. So, you know, the moon fresh from being full, here's Mercury just making a little twist into the shadow zone. So both of them are quite enigmatic working in the shadows now. And the moon is just past its fullness where it was full in Aquarius on the third two days later is now in Pisces 
early Pisces and opposing Mercury, who is just stepping into the shadow zone at eight degrees. But here's the moon just stepping over uh, to oppose Mercury is now just stepping over Saturn. So conjuncting Saturn at the same time, Saturn and the moon together can be quite emotionally suppressive, should we say, in a very simplistic and very obvious way. They're already behaving in a shadowy way because there's Mercury in the shadow, there's the moon coming through to Pisces, which is a very, quite a dreamy sign anyway, and meeting with Saturn. And Saturn here, you know, it's the suppression of the emotions and um, and potentially also you know, together they have a, they are, it is an oppressive energy, but are they also, is the moon and the Saturn together steadying the ship here? You know, almost saying, you know, hold on to your emotions now, or, you know, don't let yourself get away with the, the fun of this or the, um, the excitement, you know, and maybe, you know, hold on to expressing your ideals here. And potentially they're also saying then, you know, wait until the Mercury retrograde is over. And maybe you can then discover something more appropriate or appropriate information after the Mercury retrograde and presumably after the Venus retrograde, too. Um, and this moon conjunct um, Saturn opposing Mercury going into the shadow zone. It's like, um, you know, just remember to, to, to keep hold yourself together now because there's more information to come to light. And in light of that, on the 7th, only a few days later, Venus will be retrograding back into Lilith to conjunct with Lilith, bad girl Lilith. And whilst also making a square to the moon that has arrived at Uranus. So the moon is really kind of squaring and becoming involved in a lot of this activity here, adding a layer of esoteric kind of mysticism, like, are we sure this is going on? The moon, the moon is kind of drawing us through this process. Um, and, and so it's not just the earthly matters that are going to be concerning us here. There's something otherworldly happening through the first few weeks of August and, and beyond even. Um, but this with the Venus retrograde conjunct Lilith, this is a stand firm energy too. So it's not only is the moon up with Saturn opposing Mercury at the shadow zone, this is Venus and um, Venus and Lilith are also saying hold the energy. You know, this might be more challenging for yourself, um, but to do the right thing here, take the right aligned action. And even if that action is a no. And really, especially if that action is a no. And there's the big, my saying is, it is always more important what you say no to than what you say yes to. And it's like, this is like the, what you're saying no to is refining. You know how a sculptor sees a lump of clay or whatever he's working in and, you know, can see the figure inside of it and he has to chip away and chip away and chip away to get to the, the beauty inside. And I think that's what we're saying when we say no, we're adding layers of discernment so that we can carve out what is going to be right for us. We're taking away the excess so that we can go in the right direction. And the energy's here now with Saturn, um, with the moon moving through Saturn to oppose Mercury and then coming up to where... Venus and Lilith are working together to square them. It's like, no, <laughs> no, um, but definitely aligned action um, here. 
and that's on the 7th. So any discerning refusal, sorry, any discerning refusal will pay dividends here. Then we move on to the 13th. And whilst we are practicing our holding back and our discernment in the middle of Leo season, I mean, in the middle of Leo season, who practices discernment then? It's usually yes to everything. But suddenly we get two big whammies of yes and yes. And it's like the scene in um, Harry Met Sally. when Yes, yes. I mean, it's like, no, hold on. So to ruin that scene of Harry Met Sally, uh, straight after that's the, the the process we've just been through on the 13th we have the kazemi i love a kazemi it's venus kazemi as well um and venus kazemi is a very special day to open your heart to see to meet someone and fall in love, to express your heart or to wake up to what's really going on with your heart and again that can be a heart realization of a big fat no I've realized something about myself. This is amazing. So it's always going to be an amazing no here with the 13th. And I'm going to talk about that in not next episode, the one after when we get closer to the 13th. Um, I'm going to talk about the Venus Kazemi. And what follows next on the 16th is the full moon. Oh, sorry, not the full moon. So what happens next on the 16th is the new moon in Leo. We love a new moon in Leo. So with this new moon, which I will explain in that in that same episode, in two episodes time, that it's like a refresh, a heart refresh. So maybe you have said no to something. Maybe you have refined something, you know, but this new moon in Leo, it's a joyous occasion. It's a joyous occasion, occasion to commit to your heart's desires. And perhaps there we did the Kissimmee just just happening or just happen that you're going I've just realized something and this is what I need to do and it's not what I'm doing and it's something else so on this new moon this is this is a really good time to show up with your and commit to showing up as your best self playing your a game um so both these times can be quite exciting even though I've told you to say no yeah so more about these two um the Venus Kazemi and the new moon in Leo in two episodes time. The next episode, I'm going to be talking about the asteroids that are involved in this uh, Venus retrograde in Leo, which is going to be Lilith, Pallas Athena, Circe and Juno, because I do love an asteroid. And talking of asteroids, on the 17th of August, the sun is then going to conjunct Lilith. Um, and also will be in a square to Uranus at this point. So Sun conjunct Lilith is slightly different from Venus retrograding back into Lilith. When you're talking about, well, hold on a minute, you know, it's like a bumping into some stranger and go, I've really got to stand my ground here and um, wake up to what I'm feeling. Whereas the Sun going forward into Lilith, it's like, this is like old friends but you know this is giving energy to Lilith and this is like saying commit to what you believe in yes you know you you are right yes do it go do it this is the Nike swoosh of doing it Um, and even if you feel like this whatever's happening here is maybe a step backwards or detrimental to your path um, you know there this is another discernment of giving adding energy to your no this is what I'm going to do even if it's contrary to popular opinion. 
So yes, you know, Leo is and Venus are all about the yes. And and Venus in Leo is about the yes. And Venus retrograding Leo isn't necessarily about the no. It's still a yes, but let, let's improve upon that. So there's so many... Um, at, at, there are so many aspects around Venus's retrograde here and, and in August that are asking us to be a little bit more selecting, discerning, possibly selecting a harder path, but maybe rejecting what is not in your heart. And, and that can be difficult. It's not always that obvious, I guess. Um, and then on the 19th, two days after this sun conjunct Lilith, Mercury is going to then sit on the 21 degree Virgo point. And here he's going to station at this 21 degree Virgo point for two whole weeks. So this is the point he retrogrades back from. So I think this is the starting of quite a long term um, discussion. It's like digging in here. So even if you have said no, whatever's been going on, it's like, well, actually, Mercury here is going to sort of, you know, make a standpoint here and you've said your piece and maybe there's more to be said and it's going to open up wider discussions beyond what you've initially agreed or or, or um, refused. Then this brings us to the 21st of August and then the sun arrives at 28 degrees Leo. Now this is the degree that Venus got to and retrograded back from. Um, and this is also, this 28 degree Leo is also the degree of the great American eclipse, which went, the shadow of which went straight across America in August 2017. And also this 28 degree Leo spot is also where the Venus was stationing for, for some time, um, nearly two weeks. She was stationed there and, um, and, and this was her at the head of a yod. I love a yod as much as I love a Kazemi. I love a yod too. And the yod, of course, is the finger of God. So Venus is already activated and she is going to come back to this point at the end of her retrograde period. But here is the sun sitting on that point as well. So it's like the sun is here with a reminder of you're giving us power to this spot. But this spot at the head of a yacht is initially a blind spot. Initially, yods start out with one in conjunct pointing at it before it gets joined with the other to match it and point at this this idea. And I think it's like this is the blind spot again that we need to wake up to, that the, the yod is enlivening. So if you imagine that the Venus is sitting at the head of this yod and at one side of the yod, one in conjunct pointing at her is um, at the sun, sorry, is Pluto in Capricorn now at 28 degrees as well. So Pluto in Capricorn is about the patriarchy, about the meritocracy of our world, the corruption within it, the shadow idea, the shadow forces that work within that. Um, and personally, this might be those structures like um, like your schooling or tax or government institutions where we have been told to believe or look up to um, an ideology or um, or we've, we've worked along the lines of, of these these um, structures of authority and that then they are now being exposed that these ideas or the shadow side of it is being exposed. And potentially that's the that's the blind spot. We're not really concerned. Some of this this Leo spot here with the sun now on it isn't concerned or has been ignoring um, 
what has been going on with Pluto in the last degrees of Capricorn. Um, but now it's like you cannot ignore this any longer. The Leo sun doesn't want to admit this, but it now has to. And again, Venus didn't really want to admit this, but she's going on a journey. And it's like that in conjunct is now a hotspot. Now, on the other side of the yod, um, the other in conjunct is pointing from Neptune, Neptune at 27 degrees Pisces. And Neptune is kind of the dissolving this emotional plane. Neptune is dissolving the truths and these structures because it's now making a, a sextile to Pluto. And so it's this vision that we, you know, the Neptune is is creating an illusion and, and a vision and maybe exposing ourselves or showing us where we are most vulnerable and maybe showing us because it's in Pisces, you know, where we've been imprisoned to some idea or some vision itself. And of course, this can happen globally and I can imagine it will be happening globally. But of course, personally as well, as well, where we have allowed ourselves to be exposed, where we have allowed ourselves to be oppressed or taken along a path of delusion. Um, maybe that's emotionally, financially, physically, our health particularly, or, or psychologically, that we've been allowed to think this or we've rested in um, sort of a comfort zone and not really been aware of it. So both these kind of quite big ideas, they are big planets, transpersonal planets are pointing now at the sun. But this point, this 28 degrees Leo is a hot spot anyway. And of course, because it's two inconjuncts, it's two blind spots coming together to go, hello, you know, we're going to wake up here and we're going to realize something beyond what we've been led to believe or what we've been telling ourselves. Um, and to help this along on the 22nd, just the day after Mars becomes highly active in Virgo. And, you know, Mars in Virgo, you know, he wants precision. He's like a knife that can cut through layers of of um, of untruths, of um, of vision that you may have created to get right to the point, right to the exactly concise point that we need to look at. And here on the 22nd, Mars is opposing Neptune. So Neptune is there, you know, this dissolving of the illusion here. But but Mars in Virgo is going, I see you. I can see right through all the shades of whatever's going on, all the layers. Mars is there with the on point looking at the exact item we need to look at or the exact situation that enables us to wake up. And perhaps you're thinking, well, I'm already awake. <laughs> Maybe there's more to know, but also there are more people to become awake because they are millions still laboring under the illusion that of the great illusion um, that the government is you know, honest, supportive institution. And we've created this world that's that's really supportive for everyone. And of course, we haven't. Um, but really, this is the idea that, you, that, you know, the great illusion is that we all have the same illusion and we don't. We're, uh, we all have kind of some different take on it. You know, that's how we've come to be so complex in inside humanity, because we do not all have the same illusion stroke delusion. Interesting times because then on the 23rd, Mercury actually does go into retrograde and 
Mercury retrogrades on the 23rd, right on the day that the sun also goes into Merc in, sorry, goes into Virgo. So this is exactly how it happened with Venus retrograding, it, retrograding on the 23rd of July. If you remember that um, within within tw under 20 minutes that Venus went retrograde and then the sun went into Leo. And we're having exactly the same thing happen, that the that Mercury is going retrograde in Virgo and then within minutes Virgo or the sun is going to move into Virgo and Virgo season starts. So we have a repetition of these two um, retrogrades happening just as the new season starts. So again, I think we're going to get quite a startling kind of re reminder here and um, uh, uh, sort of a fascinating way of maybe new ways of thinking or new information is ready to drop from all the work that we've been doing really um and maybe mars is that in that way is going to help cut through so that we actually get this information that then mercury in virgo retrograding can help us do some research on or start to analyze because mercury of course rules virgo it rules virgo and rules gemini and here in in virgo we want to get to the sort of the purity of the truth the real essential facts and i re i really like the fact that pallas athena who represents our innate wisdom she is going to be next to mercury when mercury goes retrograde both obviously in virgo and she brings the wisdom so i really feel that she's there when mercury turns retrograde the sun has just turned into virgo as well so there's this whole wisdom that needs to unravel now um, but it's the wisdom that arrives when you ask the right questions. You know, it's like when you get media trained, as I've been media trained, working in the media, as I have done, that, you know, when someone asks you a question, you don't want to ask the question. You go, great question. Let me tell you about this and then answer a completely different question that's within one of your bullet points that you need to express. And again, so I think like this Virgo, um, Virgo and analytical um kind of period that we're going through with Mercury going retrograde, Mars is in Virgo as well, and um, Athena is here. So we, we want the facts. The sun is here, Mercury is here, Pallas Athena, Mars, they're all in Virgo. So yeah, we want to get this right and we are going to ask the right questions and we want the answers. And, and personally, you know, what do we do when Mercury is retrograde in Virgo? Obviously on the day, on the 23rd, there might be a little um, mashup, but it's there for a reason. And when during this period, this is when we use it to get better habits, get organize ourselves in a much better way, refine our habits, our daily habits, the things that we get up to, the things that create make up our whole day. So it's a really good time to look at that and, and make those work for you, harder for you. It's maybe a time to check the bank balance and to check on interest rates and, you know, bit of housekeeping in 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 terms of of that and a good time to keep using your cash maybe it's a time to look at the, what's going on under the bonnet with the car and it with your laptop um and also you know fess up to where in your life is a bit of a mess you know in my sense it's my uh bedroom and wardrobe i'm going to tidy that up and get it all clean so it looks quite virgo pure i'm going to activate i'm virgo rising going to activate my virgo rising um but remember, yeah, Mercury is not alone in Virgo and 
this is kind of this is quite a powerful beginning because Mars, as I say, is is has who has just opposed um, um, or just made the oppositions. Mars is here and is now just about to make a connection, an exact connection with a trine to Pluto. Mm-hmm. So Mars is now exact to Pluto on the 24th of, of August. Um, and this kind of makes a grand Earth trine. So there's a trine between Mars at the end of Virgo, making a trine to Pluto at the end of Capricorn. And Mars isn't alone. Mars is with Mercury, who isn't quite exact, but is just, just behind. Um, and they are making a trine. Both of them are making a trine to Uranus in Taurus, who is also making a trine to Capricorn in, in uh, to Pluto in Capricorn. So there's this grand Earth trine happening around the 20 last degrees of of the Earth signs. And what you can really ex- expect, you know, with a, a, tri- a grand Earth trine, you know, as opposed to any of the other trines, the grand trines, you know, there is a flow of energy. And of course, Earth energy doesn't want to move. It's kind of steady and maybe even stuck and it moves so slowly. But here with a grand earth trine, it does mean you can make major shifts. This is major shifts in our world, in our governments, in in practical things. Um, and this is going to like countries turning the tide on issues. Uh, these are big issues that are, are going to be able to be moved along with this grand um, earth trine. So it is quite exciting on one level, but, you know, we can expect something big to happen. And whilst this grand earth trine is is in action, suddenly we've got Uranus, who is part of this grand earth trine, is going to go retrograde. He's going retrograde on the 29th of August. And with Uranus, going retrograde we've now got mercury who's just gone retrograde we have venus who we are working with because she is now retrograde we have chiron who's retrograde in aries we have saturn retrograde in pisces we of course have now have uranus and then we have neptune and pluto all the big planets are now retrograde that's seven planets um, and chiron and asteroid all in retrograde and that is quite powerful and like at the beginning of the year when we had APDM, all planets in direct motion, it's like a swoosh of energy just going straight forward where you're going, help, I'm just going along with, along with everything and have, haven't got any personal choices. It's just happening so fast. So when planets are all in retrograde, it's like this isn't a time to start something. Um, not because it's going to be bad, but it's just you're just not going to have the wind behind your back. Um, and then will be blocks or it'll be just hard. It's like pushing water uphill. But this is a time to reorganize yourself. This is a time to do some more research and look around a bit longer for something that you might need. You know, this is a time to go inwards potentially. And maybe you can start writing or doing your inward journey and maybe look back at some of the situations that you want to update and, um, you know, reconsider, reevaluate, um, revisit. It's all those kind of ideas that you'll just kind of check what's happened or has been, has been happening and you can put a pause there. This isn't a time to go rushing ahead with something brand new. And, and um, um, you know, if you do, it might it might just take a little bit longer. That's all. So, um, yeah, I think this is quite an unusual kind of all planets. Well, most planets going backwards is is a real slowing down of all things that are happening.
not just your personal things, on a wider scale too. And just as these planets are are uh, retrograding, Venus has now retrograded all the way back to 12 degrees, which is where she entered this shadow zone and where she is going to turn direct on the 7th of September. But here she is, she's back at 12 degrees and she's going to be there until the 11th of September. So this is two weeks of Venus at 12 degrees Leo stationing there. And of course, she has to wait for Juno to catch up with her before she moves direct. So, um, yeah, Venus is going to be moving forward. She is going to break the whole idea of all these planets going uh, retrograde. She's the one, the first one to go forward on the 7th of September. And that kind of flavors it in a way that gives her like a heartfelt flavor. You know, she's the one that goes, yeah, I'm feeling this. I have the passion. I'm ready to go forward. And then a week later on the 15th, Mercury goes forward. So it's only a week after that these two, then these personal planets break it. So it's almost like when we've gone into the retrograde, things are slowing down. It's us that we have to instigate the move forward. And but that's not going to be until September. Don't you think that's enough time to marinade, <laughs> to marinade in the juices and, you know, sit with some of the things you found out, especially when there's been so much chaotic energy throughout the year. This is like a time to chill, a time to meditate even and maybe journey inwards, um, which might have its will definitely have its gifts ready for you now. Then we come to the full moon in, on the 31st of August, and that's the full moon in Pisces. Um, this is always going to be a big emotional outlet or, or an outlet ready for you to kind of go for it. You know, open your heart big time to cry even. And, you know, God knows we probably need it. And I'm going to give this its own episode too. And also because this full moon in Pisces is going to be conjunct Saturn and also conjunct the asteroid Mary Magdalene, who she adds her like sort of tantric element to it as well. So I'm going to look forward to hearing about your inner journeys, your what's happening within your hearts and, um, you know, what your research then is going to bring to the table. I'm very interested to know. So um, thank you for listening and please go forward in peace and with the Leo joy in your heart. Thank you. One quick word before I go, I did make a mistake there that Venus is actually going to be going forward, going direct on the 4th of September, not the 7th. So yes, enough time to marinate because the 4th of September is going to be like back to school energy when she goes forward. So we have a little, a little less time than I previously mentioned. So I do apologize for that. And thank you again for listening. 